Luke, Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Now, now let me tell you this. Revival definitely breaking out in Ohio. No doubt. No doubt. And uh, so keep praying. Uh, I was scheduled to leave after this service, but I'm not yet determined whether I'm going to do that. I've uh, probably not. That's probably not going to happen. I'm probably going to end up over at OU and um, with uh, Michelle and David. But, uh, but we want to do the will of God. I don't want, I don't want to do anything stupid, but I've, it's just something in my spirit. Boy, I'm feeling violent right now. I, I'm going to tell you something. People are getting stupid. Some of y'all may have walked in and heard me in my office say, man, people are getting stupid. You might have thought I was talking about our church folks. I, listen, I don't talk about y'all like that. Number one, y'all ain't stupid. Y'all are the most intelligent people in Oklahoma City. Amen. Amen. But anyhow, but I don't know if y'all have noticed or not. If you, if you work with the public, and I know some, how many of you work with the public in any way? People are getting crazy, aren't they? It just gets crazier and crazier all the time. I mean, I was on my way to church. It was crazy. It was crazy. People, people acting like they can just do whatever they want, say whatever they want. Active. They've been on Facebook too much, thinking they can say whatever they want, do whatever they want. And in real life, you're not getting away with that no more. You know, I mean, just ask Mike Tyson. Right? Mike Tyson's on a plane, some old boy messing with him, messing with him, messing with him. That dude forgot he wasn't on Facebook. He forgot he wasn't on some kind of Twitter or social media. He thought he could say anything to the, anything he wanted to the champ, to the champ. And listen, the champ's old, but listen, he was the champ. Don't you don't, <laughs> he still has teeth. You know what I'm saying? And he may not be able to hit you, but if he bites you, you know, just ask Evander. He'll take off an ear. <laughs> but did, you, did y'all see that video of Mike Tyson that was played? Boy, Mike Tyson, he, he wailed on that old boy. And I'll be honest with you. Now, I'm your pastor. I love you. I don't condone violence, but I was kind of giddy after that. I was like, I was like, come on now, Mike. That's Iron Mike right there. Kid Dynamite. He done blew up on that old boy. That's what they called him back in the day, Kid Dynamite. But boy, man, he wailed on that guy. And I thought, you know what? That's exactly what needs to start happening to some of these yahoos. Because there used to be a time when there were consequences to words and men. I mean, I had some old boy flipping me off for no reason, just flipping me off just while I'm driving by. And then thought he was going to be cute and do something else until I, I took his cuteness away. See, some of y'all like, tell the story. I'm going to tell the story. <laughs> but anyhow, <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't, didn't get ugly. It didn't get ugly. <laughs> it wouldn't have got ugly. He was just a kid. But anyway, uh, but I did, uh, but you know, you, uh, you, you got to respect, especially when you're on a motorcycle. You know, I rode motorcycle for a long time. Uh, when you're on a motorcycle... You have to be on your best behavior because it don't matter whether somebody did something wrong or not. You're on a bike and they're in a cage. They're going to live. You're going to die. So you, you learn how to have respect for people when you're on a bicycle. People do stupid stuff when you're on a bicycle all the time. But you know what? You got to be cool. You know why? You're the one that's going to die if something goes wrong. Because they're in a cage and you're on a bike. And so you try to learn that, you try to learn that lesson. And so as I rode a bike, first time I rode a motorcycle, some guy uh, ran me off the road. I, I was all mad and angry. You know, I'm like, hey, you know, what are you doing? Getting beside him. And then I thought, what am I going to do? I mean, I'm, a, I'm like a moment away from, from uh, uh, my skin being all over this road. Just all you got to do is come over in my lane. That's it. So, and then drive off. You know how many people do that every day? Every day. Happens every day. Anyhow, so people, people acting crazy. But you know what? We're God's people. We're not going to act crazy. Amen. But that, that don't, that, now listen, I'm going to tell you something. That doesn't, mean, that doesn't mean you let people just treat you any old way. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. 
So we're going to talk about faith for miracles. And a part, of, a part of that faith for miracles, the reason I said that is because a part of faith for miracles is that we've got to be more aggressive in our willingness to, uh, to stand for the word of God. Amen. Amen. To, to believe the word of God. And uh, so we're going over to the apartments this week, and uh, it's in my heart that the Lord is going to begin to do things that are miraculous, that we're going to see miracles. So let's read this, uh, uh, starting with verse 1. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of, of, of him two by two into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, so in this, in this cool... So the first thing Jesus does before he goes someplace is he sends other people ahead of him. And it says he sends them two by two. And the next verse two, he says to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Now, this message come out of another conversation that Shri and I had. Uh, the, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest field. Amen. How many of y'all have ever heard that before? Now, when we did a study on prayer, when we were doing, and we're going to read some more of this, but when we were doing a study on prayer, we talked about, um, we talked about how the reason, the reason, we talked about the five most important things every believer ought to know about prayer. And in that series, we talked about how that most people will pray, and for the most part, most of their prayers go unanswered. And people are, they're confounded. They're like, why are my prayers not being answered? And some people uh, equate that to being the fact that God didn't want to answer their prayer, or that God is not a, a God that answers prayer. Let me tell you something. God answers prayer. God doesn't answer prayer uh, that's, uh, you know, Jesus said, you have not, but because you ask not. And he's, then he said this, and he said, or, 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 uh, or the word says this, I'm sorry. The word says you have not because you ask not. And then, um, I can't remember who said it, it wasn't Jesus that said it. But, and then he said this, he said, the writer, whoever wrote it said, Has someone find the scripture, so I'm not being crazy. But y'all know, know what I'm talking about. He said, and, and when you ask, you don't have because you asked amiss. You didn't ask the right way. You know, Paul Trokel, when he was here, he talked about how that he was going to lead worship in a Lester Summerall meeting. How Lester Summerall was going to come and preach at a church that he was youth pastor at. And he said when he heard that Lester Summerall was coming, he got nervous. And he went to praying. And he was like asking the Lord to help him out. Lord, help me out. I need your anointing. God, anoint me. You know what? Uh, it's not wrong to pray for the anointing. But if you pray for the anointing with a wrong motive, if you ask amiss, Lord, anoint me so I can be better than Heather. How many of you know that the Lord's probably not going to answer a prayer for you uh, to be anointed so you can be better than Heather or better than Titus? Lord, anoint me so I can, so I can you know, uh, so I can lead better than, uh, so I can lead better than Eric. Probably that prayer's not going to get answered because it's, it's prayed with the wrong motive. So, we have not because we ask not. Sometimes when we ask, we ask amiss. Well, what does it mean to ask amiss? Let me tell you what it means to ask amiss. It means to ask God for something outside of the boundaries of his word. To ask in a way that takes you out of the word of God and away from the word of God and takes you your own way. And uh, I'll give you an example, another example. Well, let me finish Paul Trokel. So Paul Trokel said that he was like, Lord, anoint me. And the Lord said, why are you asking me to anoint you? And he said, because I want to be, well, I want to make the room ready for the man of God. And then the Lord pulled the, the curtain uh, off of his heart and revealed his real intentions. And when, when he did that, Paul Trokel saw his own, you know, sometimes we blind ourselves with lies. Because it's hard for us to see that we would ask something for a wrong reason. Amen. And so he pulled back the veil of Paul Trokel's heart, and Paul Trokel saw that what he was asking for, he was asking for amiss because he saw the reason why he was asking God to anoint him is because uh, he was afraid to mess up. He was worried. He was in fear. And he, and he said he didn't want to be embarrassed. And so the Lord said, now, why do you want to do this? He said, because I don't want to be embarrassed. The Lord said, I cannot grant you your request. Yeah. 
It's not because Paul Trochel was asking for something evil. It's not because he was asking for something. You know what? God may have, in fact, I know this to be the truth. God wanted to activate the anointing in him. God didn't anoint us for the anointing to be dormant in our lives. God wants the anointing to be activated. So when God said, I'm denying your request, God wasn't trying to withhold anointing from Paul Trochel because he didn't want Paul Trochel to be anointed. He had to withhold because Paul Trochel was asking amiss. He was asking outside of the boundaries of his word. Amen. And so some of us, when you pray, if you don't get an answer, you've got to examine why. Don't just give up on it, especially if you're asking something that, uh, that you know that uh, God doesn't have an aversion to. Lord, I'm sick. I'm believing. I'm trusting you. Your word says, if I believe I receive it, I'll have it. Lord, I believe that I receive my healing in the name of Jesus. And because I believe I receive it, I have it. Now, if you don't receive your healing, then you might need to start digging and find out, determine what was your motive. You know why some people, I've I've watched people lay hands on sick people and say, Lord, you healed Auntie Pookie. Lord, I know if you healed Auntie Auntie Pookie, you're going to heal Titus too. Well, guess what? God don't want to heal Titus because he healed Auntie Pookie. You're asking amiss when you ask God to heal Titus uh, because he healed Auntie Pookie. Because God, that's not, God does things according to, so, so you know how you ought to pray for Titus? Lord, your word says, and I thank you for what you did for Pookie. But God, this ain't Pookie, this is Titus. And so we want to pray and we want to ask God to do things according to his word. Amen. Amen. There's a girl came to me in Texas. She, she said she had asked everyone to pray for her that she wanted to speak with tongues. And so uh, as I was talking to her, I told her, I said, well, I said, all these people you had pray for you. I said, did it, did it happen? She said, no. I said, and I know why. I said, uh, I said, I know why you didn't receive tongues. I said, so, uh, I said, but get ready, because today you're going to get it. She goes, well, how can you say that? I said, because I know what God's word says. I have faith in God's word. And I said, now I'm going to give you some instructions, and you're going to find out why you've never spoke with tongues. She said, well, help me. She said, why have I never spoke with tongues? I said, because nowhere in the Bible does it say we pray for people for tongues. The Bible says you can pray over people for them to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And the initial evidence of Holy Ghost baptism is speaking in an unknown tongue. I said, so when I pray for you to receive Holy Ghost baptism, when he baptizes you in the spirit, you're going to pray in tongues because that's the initial evidence. I said, they were praying wrong and God couldn't answer that prayer. God couldn't answer that prayer. Are y'all hearing me today? And so, so we've got to, we've got to know that a lot of the reasons why we don't see answers to our prayer don't have anything to do with God having an aversion to giving us what we're asking for. Sometimes it has to do with motive. Sometimes we're not asking according to his word. Sometimes we've got it misaligned. We got the cart in front of the horse. Um, will you you text Andrew and tell her what I'm thinking and see what he, see what they say. Anyway, um, Sometimes we got the cart in front of the horse. Sometimes we got the, the, the tail wagging the dog. <laughs> and, you know, the, the tail can't wag the dog. Dog has to wag the tail. That girl with tongues, she was trying to get the tail to wag the dog. So Jesus, he said, he said something in these verses of Scripture. Do you know that there's nowhere in Scripture that, that tells us how to pray for the lost except for this verse of Scripture? Nowhere in the Bible does it say, oh, Lord, save Uncle Herschel. He's my favorite. Some of you will get that. (laughs) Uncle Herschel's favorite. Does that sound familiar to you, Ted? Uncle Herschel's favorite. That's a dish at the Cracker Barrel, Ted. Oh, Oh, man, you missed it. (laughs) Oh, Lord. (laughs) Say... Lord, save my, save my brother, God. Save my brother. Listen, when we ask God to save people, what do you think he did when he sent Jesus? <laughs> We're asking God to do something. He's already seen to it uh, that it was done. And so when we go to ask in that way, the Lord would be looking at us like, what are you talking about? What do you think I'm trying to do? Oh, Lord. 
Heal Ted. Heal him today. Lord's like, heal him? I healed him 2,000 years ago. See, we're asking, we're asking wrong. We're asking amiss. We're asking amiss. And so there's, there's, only, there's only one time that the Bible talks about praying for the lost and how to do that. And that's right here. And what did Jesus say? Jesus didn't say to mention the lost at all. Jesus didn't say to mention the lost at all. In fact, he said this. He said, the harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. Therefore, pray for the lost. Is that what it said? No, that's not what it says. It says, therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Church, we don't have a sin and a sinner problem. We got a laborer problem. The church, listen, I'm going to tell you right now. It's, we don't have a problem with the lost, with the wicked, with wickedness, with sinfulness. That's not the struggle that the church has. I mean, here we are. We got people praying and, and uh, uh, dumping oil in rivers and, and, and driving stakes uh, all over town and, and seeding the atmosphere with their prayers. There are people that have rented aircraft and gotten airplanes and seeded the clouds with their prayers, you know, praying that the devil would be rebuilt all these things. But the, the problem isn't with the devil and with sinners and with sin and the law. That's not the problem that we have. The problem that we have, according to Jesus, is that there are, there are laborers that refuse to go out into the harvest field and bring in the harvest. And so we've got to pray for laborers. Say this with me. Say, pray for laborers. Amen. And look, look what it says. Look what it says. And now I'm going to show you why people, people have an aversion to laboring. Go your way. Behold, I'm sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. <laughs> I'm, ooh, joy. <laughs> I'm going to send you out like sheep and there are wolves all over the place. You know, that doesn't sound real joy. Sheree, who was it, Sheree, that you heard preaching said that? Miles Monroe. She was listening to Miles Monroe. And uh, you know what Miles, Miles Monroe brought out a good point. Now, I'm going to throw this in here for free. It kind of doesn't go with this, but it kind of it does, kind of doesn't. But Miles Monroe said this. He said, sheep are the only animals that can't lead themselves. Wolves run in packs. Cows, bison, Large animals like that, they run in herds. Fish swim in schools. But if you throw a bunch of sheep out, they won't follow each other. They're so stupid, they won't follow. It's true. That's, sheep will not run together because they won't pick a leader and follow. That's why they have to have a shepherd. That's why they have to have a shepherd. When you're a sheep, you try to lead yourself, you're going to end up jacked up. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. Okay. I, am, I am so glad to have them in here doing worship. I, we, we had, I don't know if you all know this, but we, just, we thought we'd put them, you know, it didn't look good on the video having kids come up here and lay down and do, uh, uh, they come up here in front of Nakia and do snow angels, even though there's no snow. And, and you know, uh, they, they bring their pillow back and watch her. Nikki, 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 uh, one time, uh, I think Nikki just about got her hip knocked out of joint by Gabby. She came running up. <laughs> I thought Nikki was going down. But uh, so we put them in the back for two Sundays. For two Sundays, we put them in the back. They were back there worshiping. And man, I missed them after two weeks. I, I was in Ohio. I said, hey, let's, let's reverse that. <laughs> Bring, bring them back out. Let them do the snow angels and stuff. Or we'll, we'll figure out a way to try to keep them away from the front. But anyway. <laughs> but anyway, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. Now, now see that words to send out laborers. Say send out laborers. So Cherie was doing, we were, we, her and I were talking. She was doing a study, a word study, and she uh, I don't know if she had heard from somebody else, or I think she may have heard someone say it, or, uh, but it was something that she had already looked up and, and, and talked about, but, um, or thought about, but I think someone um, revived it in her thinking, in her spirit, 
And you know, that word send out doesn't just mean, you know, send like we say. And, and this, was, this was a long line she was talking about. But that word send means something altogether. In fact, let me go there. The word send, uh, or not the, not the word send, but send forth. The word forth means this, literally or figuratively to bring forth, to cast forth, to drive out, to expel, to pluck, to pull, to take, to thrust out, to put forth, to send away. In other words, it's violent. It's violent. And, you know, Cherie, um, being the evangelist that she is, she's like, Pastor, that's how we need to do it. We just need to throw people out there and thrust them for because this is a violent thing. And, and she's right. I mean, she's right. The, this, the, the, this scripture, when it says, pray the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth, that send forth doesn't mean um, um, uh, passively or, thank you, Hilda, or, you know, um, Cowered down or meekly or whatever, casually, it means to thrust, to, to, to it, 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 uh, it implies violence, violence. You say, wait a minute, would God be violent? Well, the Bible says the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Now, listen to me. Now, and, and that's the way Cherie would hear that because of her calling. She's an evangelist. And, and, but I had done, our, I'd done a study on that because at one time, that was, that was me. I was like, we need to just start throwing. I mean, I thought about, you know, your, that uncle that takes his nephew and throws him in the deep end and says, swim or die. <laughs> you know? Jack Coe, when he ministered, I've got a video of Jack Coe of him ministering healing to a guy. The guy has a growth in his, in, his, uh, in his nostril, and he can't breathe out of one side of his nose. And Jack Coe, of course, this is in the 50s during the healing revival. Jack Coe walks up to this man, puts his finger on the good side of this guy's nose, plugs up his nostril with his thumb, and covers the guy's hand with his mouth and says, breathe or die in Jesus' name. <laughs> Because that's how, he, that's how evangelists think. Well, the guy ended up breathing. He didn't die. Uh, the Lord opened up his, his uh, uh, nose and the growth disappeared and he was 100% healed. God gave him a miracle. So we're talk, what I tell you we was going to talk about today, faith to do miracles. Faith to do miracles. Amen. Listen, there's a violence. There's a violence that happens. I, I know I'm, I'm only giving you, I'm about to show you a, a, a different perspective to see this because it really is what this scripture implies. More, more than just being the uncle that takes and throws their nephew in the deep end and says, swim or die, this verse of scripture implies something equally as violent and really, really is what it is implying. And that is, that is this. Think about, think about the uh, process of birth. Joe is fresh in his mind. It's fresh in his mind. And, and men, and, and this is the only part that men have a better perspective than women. When y'all are going through all that, when y'all can't even think straight, when you're like, give me crack, give me epidural, give me something. Because I just need something to take away the pain. We have a catcher's mitt on and we're like, hey, better, better, hey, better. You know, and we're like, go ahead, just pop it out, girl. I'm, I'm here, I'm ready. So we have this perspective. What is happening, think, think about what's happening. There's contraction. That, that baby, for the first time in its, in its life, is experiencing something extremely violent. Boy, you got that right. It has been taken from a comfortable place of growing, resting, sucking its thumb, resting its head on mama's bladder, <laughs> dancing, kicking around. And now all of a sudden, it's in this narrow pathway, being squeezed 
That, that's why these babies come out looking like, uh, remember Ernie and Bert? Remember, remember old Bert, how pointy his old head was? <laughs> or the cone heads on Saturday Night Live? That some of these kids come out looking because they, they're going through that squeeze. And there's a violent thing that's taking place. There's a coming forth that's taking place. Are y'all hearing me today? I'm, I'm, listen very closely because I, I know we want to we just talk and have a good time and whatnot. I want you to listen to me very closely. Oh, happy Father's Day to you fathers, by the way. I'm not very traditional. I'm sorry. I mean, <laughs> I'll sing you a song here in a bit. But anyway. <laughs> Go to the book of Romans. The book of Romans, chapter 8. Book of Romans, chapter 8. Starting with verse 26. Faith for miracles. We, we think miracles are just going to happen just because miracles happen. And they, and they do. And they do. God, God's God, God's uh, love is expressed through miracles. We talked about that. You can't really pray a miracle through or whatever. You can't just pray for a miracle or whatever. You can, you can pray uh, this way. You can pray, Lord, we're open to your supernatural intervention and whatnot. But, do, you know, to specifically pray for a miracle, the Bible doesn't ever tell us to do that. But there are some things that have to happen in prayer. Babies. Babies come one way. Babies are an expression or should be an expression, of course, the world's messed it up, but uh, should be an expression of, of the love between a husband and a wife, two who have been in covenant. One. And the expression of that love produces, produces something. It's in, in childbirth, children, children. And that, that's what comes up. So, but there's something that has to happen. Annie and I found out you can't have kids via email. That's not how it happens. You can't, you can't have kids FaceTiming. You can't have kids uh, through social media. That's not how you get, per- you can't do it. Something has to happen. Now, I know different things have been invented. You can get a test tube and all these things, turkey baster, whatever. <clears throat> But, you know, the way this happens is there has to, there some, there has to be some action. Faith is action. Faith without works is dead. I had a pastor tell me that. I said, me and my wife are trying to have a baby. She said, no, you're not. She said, you're here in revival. She said, you do know what it takes to have a child, don't you, Brother Ziggy? I said, you're making me uncomfortable. I know what it takes to have a baby. She's like, Brother Ziggy, faith without works is dead. It's like, mm. <laughs> so let's let's look at this. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we pray, what we should pray for, as we ought. But the Spirit itself—it really ought to say the Spirit Himself. But it says the Spirit, and I'll say Himself, maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Do you know that verse of Scripture that says, "Pray." to the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth labors. You know what it's talking about? It's talking about us birthing through intercession. Bringing forth in a violent manner. That's that's why it says, what, what was the first part of that verse? It said diligently. Didn't it say diligently praying? Earnestly pray? Earnestly pray? Effectually pray? Amen. We give birth to things in the prayer of intercession. And intercession is something that people in the in the body, they don't they don't do much anymore. In fact, when people start getting over there into a spirit of intercession, many of them are confused because they're like, why am I feeling the way that I feel? You know, Pastor, I wanted to talk to you because, uh, you know, every day, every day it seems like there just comes a point in the day that I just, I'm overwhelmed with emotions and I just begin to cry. Really? 
did you, did you, did you stop and, and maybe, you know, uh, uh, inquire of the Lord? Inquire of the Lord. Find out what was, amen. I had a, co- a conversation with, uh, with a son here at our church the other day. And they said, I don't know why, but I feel like I'm, I feel like there's just a, I don't, I, I just don't feel right. I just feel like there's something going on and, 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 uh, like I'm battling with, with I said, well, I, I said, is there anything wrong in your life? No, that's, that's what I can't figure. I said, well, here's the thing. If you're feeling that way, don't you think that you ought to stop and pray? Don't you think if you're, if you're feeling something, if you're going through something, if you're struggling, let me, let me tell you something. When you have a problem with me as your pastor, if you ever have a problem with me as your pastor, that right at that moment is when you need to stop and you need to pray. Lord, why am I having a problem with pastor? What's going on? What's going on? Help me, Lord. Give me eyes to see. Give me ears to hear. Much of what will happen right now in this season, Nakia, it was happening to you during worship. You did not know what was going on except for what you've heard. But I could tell, I could tell even during uh, uh, worship practice, there was something stirring in you. And then when I got up here and I talked about Michelle, it's like that something resonated. It's like something went ping in your spirit. You were like, that's what, that's what, that's what, that's it. That, it was just something that said yes in your spirit. Like, girl, that's what I've been trying to get you to pray through. And intercession, intercession is not something, um, it's like what Jesus said, pray the, the, the labor, the Lord of the harvest, he'll send laborers. And then he said, you're, you're going to be sent like sheep amongst wolves. That, see, that's it. Intercession, although intercession will bring forth. Are y'all with me? Okay. I've never talked to y'all about intercession, but we're going to start talking about it a little bit because it's something that we need to begin to do as a church, as a church. As a church, we need to learn how to get over in the spirit and start interceding and violently pushing some things through in prayer. Because there are some things that, are, that, that we're not going to be able to accomplish outside of getting under the anointing of God to intercede. Amen. Amen. It was all good. You know what? When Annie got pregnant, it was all good. Even though she felt a little, you know, she felt a little under the weather kind of because, you know, that whole thing changing in her body. But then she started craving hot wings. And man, listen, I was on board. Amen. I was like, girl, I feel you. She's like, I just want some hot wings. I'm like, man, I'm I'm getting these cravings too. And we'd go get these hot wings, and we would, get them, we would get them wet, extra wet. And there would be sauce. I mean, we went to this one place, particular place, and they had sauce, that much sauce on the bottom. She would get a spoon, and she'd take that sauce. And boy, she'd be eating that sauce. She's like, I don't know what it is. I just love this. And listen, I got it dripping down my elbows. I'm like, mm, I, I feel you. I feel you, baby. <laughs> And so it's all, I mean, it's all good. We're, 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 we're dr- sauce is dripping and, and she starts to show. And I have a video when she was pregnant with Michael and she's just hobbling around, you know, with her fat little belly and, and, and I'm talking to her and man, I couldn't keep my hands off of her belly. I loved it. That was my favorite part was Annie had this big old belly and I'm just like, I love this. Like, I love this. And he's like, well, you know. But the, the longer it went, the longer she carried that baby. Even the hot wings weren't. Even the hot wings weren't bringing joy. It's like you want some wings. She's like, no. I mean, pretty soon she's just like, oh. I don't know if y'all know this, but I actually scheduled for my kids the day they would be born. We went to the doctor, and the doctor is like, well, it could be around this time. I said, can we get it in on this week right here? And she says, she goes, ha, ha, ha. I said, no, I'm serious. I said, that's the only day I got off in the whole month. She's like, you're serious. I said, yes, that's a heart attack. I need for this baby to come, like, right here. She's like, she's looking at Annie, and he's like, she said, well, we'll see what we can do. So they induced her on that week. 
She had that baby on that week. <laughs> Did the same thing with Gabe. Doctor said, oh, about around this time, I said, it needs to be right here because <laughs> this is right in between revivals. <laughs> He's like, are you serious? I'm like, yes, sir. He said, well, we'll try to make it happen. <laughs> they induced on the head. We induced. <laughs> and he wasn't too happy about it. But anyway, but as we got closer, you know, she became, when she went into labor, Listen, labor was a whole nother. Listen, I, she went into labor and she, at first, you know, it's cool. She, oh, I'm having these contractions. Oh, the baby's coming. Oh, but man, there came a time. There came a time. And we, we went to Lamaze class. You know, we was, we, we went to Lamaze. didn't we? We was in there, all these couples. That was when everybody was happy. They didn't, they didn't tell us that when we got to Lamaze, we'd be like sheep to the wolves. That it got violent in there. That she'd look over and be like, you did this to me. <laughs> that, that, that I'd be, you know, it's, it's like a deliverance service. I'm like, come out! Come out of her in the name of Jesus. It's like a deliverance, you know. All we needed was a bunch of pea soup and a priest. But anyway, that, that, that time of labor, I'm, I'm watching and she's having these contractions. And I'm like, here, here comes, here comes. She, and, you know, it was all cool at first, but there came a point in time. She's like, you don't have to tell me when it's coming. I know when it's coming. <laughs> They're like, are you comfortable, honey? We don't, we don't want to give you the epidural too early. That's when she's like, Epidural. Ted, he act like he knows what he. <laughs> they gave Annie an epidural, but boy, they, there was this one moment though. This one moment, she's like, "I'm like Annie, how are you?" She said, "Hey, something's going. You need to, you need to call some. I, this wait a minute." And I'm like, "Oh, it's getting ready." Right and you, I, I, we got it on video. I'm like, uh, "They called it in what they call it in Lamaz." transition it was a transition all right brother she transitioned from a, one person to another because she was like listen all of a sudden little meek quiet Annie got demanding and I'm like oh we're getting I'm, I'm, I got the video I'm like oh we're getting ready she's like get that out of my face you need to turn that off something's getting ready to happen boy things got serious I, I should bring the video so you can see it it's a great it's a great video because I, I fade out. I said, we'll be back. We'll be back in a minute. And I, I look at it. It's 9 o'clock. She's like, Zig! You can hear her in the background. Turn it off! And, and it fades to black. <laughs> and then when it fades back in, there's, my, there's Mikey. Ah, ah. I said, well, there it is. It happened. Thank God I shut that camera off. You understand? Because there was violence. You know, childbirthing is violent. It's bloody. Nobody told me it was bloody. All I seen was a Gerber. All I seen was a Gerber baby, the Snow White baby. You know what I mean? All I seen were them babies all clean and white and blue eyed and and hair combed and everything. That ain't what. That ain't what I saw. Pointy head. My girl looked like she went ten rounds with Muhammad Ali. Her eyes were all swollen shut like she'd been beaten. Is that, is that violent traveling through that birth canal? That's intercession. Are y'all hearing me today? That's, that's what that scripture talks about. Pray the Lord of the harvest that he would bring forth through intercession. Through bringing forth. Through pushing out. Through. Th Some of you ain't done no pushing. Some of us have never done any pushing. Some of us have never done any. Now, see, some of you women, all of a sudden, the light's coming on for y'all, and you're like, 
Mm. I get it now. Some of you men still don't get it. You're, you're like, I don't know about that. And, and that's, that's fine. We, we don't know. But I'm going to tell you something. Some of you, that's where your miracle is. That's where your breakthrough is. Your breakthrough, your breakthrough isn't on the other end of my hand on your head. Your breakthrough is at the end of a, of a time of labor, of a time of pressing in prayer of a time of praying in tongues, at the end of a time when you're not sure why you're feeling what you're feeling, but you're going to figure it out. You're going to get to the end of it. And no matter what's going on in your life, that's, that's the thing, is that we have things going on in life. Well, you know, I've been so busy. Guess what? If you feel like that, if you feel uh, troubled in your spirit, and you're asking me, what do I think it is? And you've been so busy, you can't do it for yourself. You're you in trouble. You've got to come to the place where you're willing to stop whatever it is that you're doing, whatever's going on in your life, and devote yourself to praying in tongues, to praying in the Spirit, to doing what that scripture in Romans chapter 8 says, praying, and even if you don't know what you're praying for, even when you don't know how to pray or what to pray, you allow the Spirit of God to pray through you with groanings, which cannot be uttered. And you know what? You get on the phone with Miss Rhonda, and she'll groan with you. Because she's an intercessor. Or you get on the phone with Carolyn. Listen, Carolyn will groan with you. She'll get on that phone. She's like, hey! Well, there was times. I can't remember where she was working at. She was working in an office setting. And there were times I called Carolyn. And she's like, hang on, Pastor. I just got to get in this other office. She'd get in the other office. We'd go to talking. And she'd get to shouting. We'd get to praying. And she's like, woo! Boy, they thought she was crazy. I think that may have been why she lost that job. <laughs> and people would walk in and say, I would hear him while we're praying. Are you all right? She said, yeah, my, it's my pastor. It's my pastor. We're, we're praying. I mean, it was crazy. But sometimes that's what you got to do. Sometimes you've got to get over to that place. And there's got to be, when I say violent, I'm not going to take y'all and toss y'all in the deep end over at Riverbend Apartments or over at the, where are we at? The, are we Riverbend? That's not, I'm not going to do that. What we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to go in there having already pushed through violently, having already prayed that the Lord was going to send laborers. And we're going to pick up laborers in this hour. Glory to God. Laborers that are going to go into the field and bring forth the harvest, not just here at Winter's Church, but for the church, the church at large. This is about the kingdom. Amen. Amen. Are y'all getting this? Yeah. Uh, now, I know it took me a while. And I, it shouldn't have, but I, I wanted to make sure that we understood this. That thrusting forth, that movement, it's not, it's not evangelists or churches or pastors going, all right, you've been sitting here long enough now, go. That's not it. It's when we're praying in the spirit and birthing and pushing. and That's how we accommodate the miraculous. That's how we accommodate the supernatural. You know, for, for Michelle, I don't, I don't know about y'all, but uh, it would be worth skipping a lunch if we had to. Skipping a flight to, I don't know, I don't, maybe, maybe, maybe life isn't that valuable to some of y'all. But for me, her life is valuable enough that I think I could skip a revival meeting and not fly out today to, to get in the presence of God and to fight for this girl's life. What an inconvenient day to need to be raised from the dead, Father's Day. God forbid that Father's Day be the reason why someone ends up in a coffin six feet under. Because we had a barbecue to go to. Are, are y'all hearing me? This is what this is coming down to. God's calling on us. And inconvenient at times that cost, it costs us something to be obedient. When I, when I tell y'all, when, when I tell y'all that, um, oh, how can I say this? Not seem like I'm picking on nobody. Well, I'm not picking on anybody. Will that be okay? <laughs> I'm not picking on anybody. But, you know, I, I talk a lot about that we would be, some of us are more faithful to work than we are to church. We're more faithful to work 
If we're sick, we'll go to work. If we got the same sickness, we won't go to church. Um, I'm not going to make it. I'm sick. Well, did you go to work today? Yeah, and that's why I'm going to stay home. Why don't you stay home from work? Well, I had to go to work. I mean, that's the, that's the priority. So as your pastor, now I'm not trying to rip off my arm to pat myself. I just want you to see that what, I, what I've asked, what I say to y'all from this pulpit, it's what I do in my own life. I will inconvenience everybody that's dependent on me to be there. To do what I know to be the will of God. You understand? I was about to bounce on y'all in this service to go over there. I was about to say, Tyler, make something up. <laughs> you, you, I mean, do something. Brother, you freestyling. He would get up here. Yo, 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 yo. <laughs> Tyler, <you're> freestyling. <laughs> That's totally freestyle. <laughs> but I want, I want that heart to be in all of us. And I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, listen, church, that's the way I've always been. That, that's, always, that's, that's how I function. And that, that's a part of the reason why we've seen some of the miracles that we've seen. I mean, if you want to know the truth about it, some people are like, how is it that you saw people get fillings in their teeth? Well, because th th there are enough times in my life that God interrupted me and I did what he wanted to me to do instead of what I was scheduled to do. I was inconvenienced. It cost me something. I would get in prayer and have to birth things through violently in prayer. Through intercession. And so that, that's, what I, that's, that's all I got to say about that. Praise God. Did you, did you receive anything today? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, thank you, Jesus. Everybody stand on your feet with me. Praise the Lord. And yeah, isn't that funny the preachers say, stand on your feet like we're going to stand on our hands. <laughs> Now, so only stand on your feet, bless God, because we're not doing anything else. <clears throat> I, I, know that, I know some of y'all are in battles, you're struggling, and uh, I'm with you. I'm with you in the battle. Uh, there, there is a battle going on, uh, the, but the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And God's hand is upon you, and he's anointing you uh, to make an impact, to be more influential than you've ever been before. Amen. And so today, uh, before we leave here, in fact, Andy and I, we're going we're gonna to bounce on y'all here in a minute, and I'm going to ask Tyler to come, because um, I want to I get to where we need to go. But um, I do want to encourage you all with this. Miracles, miracles are abounding toward us in this. Some of you all are about to get the greatest breakthroughs of your life. Some of you have been through such abuse and such difficulty. But you're about to see, you, some of you are about to celebrate the greatest victories of your life. And you know what? Here's what I want you to do, though. I want you to begin to rejoice now ahead of time. Rejoice for your victory. Because it belongs to you. Amen. It belongs to you. Praise God. So uh, before this week, before we go out there to the apartments, I want you to spend some time in intercession. You say, how do I do that, Pastor? Here, I'm going to tell you exactly how you do it. Go to prayer once or twice. How many of you will commit to once or twice this week? You'll, you'll pray with me. And do it this way. When you pray, go to the Lord. Say, Lord, uh, let me intercede for, for laborers. Let me intercede and bring, that you'll bring forth labors to, to bring in the harvest that's going to happen this weekend. And let me be a laborer. Let me be a laborer. And Lord, let a spirit of intercession come upon me. Just pray those things right there. That's all. Pray that and then pray in tongues. Some of you are going to start to get intense in your praying in tongues. Some of you go get, you're going, you're going to get a little worked up. Go ahead and get worked up. If you live in an apartment and you're afraid you're going, you're going to mess with the neighbors, put your face in a pillow. I, I learned that worked well. I used to live in a duplex with my dad and uh, neighbors came over several times. We're like, they were like, what's going on over here? What's happening? I heard someone yelling. That was me praying or, or singing or worshiping. 
And I said, oh, it's okay. I was just over here praying. They're like, well, keep it down. So I, I, you know, I got a pillow, put it over my face. When I put a pillow over my, now, you know, don't smother yourself, but, <laughs> but, 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 you know, just enough to muffle the sound. And I did that and that worked out fine. It worked out real good. So there are ways to do it, but sometimes you're going to have to shout. Sometimes you're going to have to be like, oh, <laughs> no, 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 you have to do that. But <laughs> we're going to have to, we're going to have to push. We're going to have to pray until something happens and it'll be violent in the spirit. But what the result will be that God will bring forth labors. Amen. This is going to be an extraordinary weekend. I believe God's going to meet us in a way at these apartments that he's never met us before. I believe some of you are going to see through the eyes of the spirit like you've never seen people before. Your, heart, your heart's going to be the heart of God toward them. And, and because of that, when you reach out to touch them, it's not going to be your hand touching. It's going to be the very hand of God touching them through you. When you speak, it's going to be his very words coming out of your mouth. He's going to use you this week because God's doing something. He's doing something extraordinary. And, and we're going to be a part of it. Amen. So uh, pray for me and Annie as we go, and, and we're probably going to try to get to the hospital, see Michelle. And so pray for us, and then, or, or I'm either doing that or I'm getting in an airplane and heading out to go to a revival, one or the other. I have to determine uh, by what Annie will tell me here in a moment. But, um, but if you need prayer today, the elders are here. They're going to pray for you, and they're going to minister to you. So if you need prayer, Tyler's going to give you an opportunity for that. Listen, I love you all with all of my heart. And uh, I thank God for you. And uh, I will definitely see you guys on Saturday at the outreach, at the apartments. And then uh, I'll definitely be here next Sunday. And keep us in your prayer because we will uh, for sure be starting revival uh, tonight. Uh, someone will be there preaching. I hope maybe Reuben, um, not me. But, uh, and, but I'll definitely be there tomorrow, uh, ministering there tomorrow. Listen, I love you guys. I really do. So uh, Tyler, come, will you? And uh, if you need prayer, uh, Tyler will uh, tell you what to do.